0: Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast. Um, good morning. It's a bit damp as I drive into work today. Um, hopefully I won't have to use the wipers and throw in some audio garbage for you to have to contend with. It's not currently raining, but it's Ohio in late May, so, you know, it it is what it is, and, and I apologize. So, today, um... I have decided to ramble on a bit about board games. Um, and this is chiefly prompted by this listener request. Todd, Todd cast podcast. Talk about board games. What's your favorite? What's your least favorite? Uh, which ones, uh, I might not have heard of and might like, and which ones that you used to play when you was a kid. So, um, board games, sure, um, I've got quite a few to choose from, um, specifically, uh, before I started recording, I, uh, checked in at, uh, Board Game Geek, uh, which is a website which is essentially a giant catalog of just about every game that exists, um, Uh, If you're fond of games, I I highly encourage you to check it out. Um, It's a great way to uh, discover new games. Um, You know, learn about them. People can rate them. People, you know, little write-ups on, you know, what the game's about, how it plays, the type of game, how many players, how long it takes. All all sorts. It's encyclopedic knowledge of uh, all sorts of games. Um, And one of the neat things that you can do... Uh, there on Board game geek is, you know, you not only look up games and, and you know, find out all sorts of information about them, uh, but if you, you know, sign up and you have an account, um, you can basically use it like a checklist. You can sort of say, hey, I own this game, or, I mean, really, you can, you know, not only go in and say, hey, these are games I own, you can say, these are games I want to get, these are, these are, you know, games that I've played. Uh, you can go in there and keep stats. Um, you know, I've, I've won this many times. I've lost this many times. There's, there's a whole lot of really cool stuff in there you can do. Um, that I haven't dug into too much just yet, but I did go through, um, my board game collection and tag all the ones that I own. And apparently at last count, Um, I have 245 games, uh, in, in the collection. Uh, I say my collection, it's the family collection. Um, you know, some, some of them are Abby, some of them are the girls. Um, but 245 is, is not a small number. Um, and so I'm not going to be able to cover all of those in a single podcast. Um, And frankly, I could spin off a whole other podcast just talking about games if I so chose. Um, but I don't necessarily have time for all that, (laughs) so, um, don't get your hopes up on that one just yet. Um, you know, perhaps if there's, you know, vast popular demand that I do so, perhaps I can spin, spin that off. But anyway, um, so it's 245 games. They're not all board games. Um, I suppose now it's board games, it's card games, it's dice games. Um, I did not put in there, um, role-playing games or miniatures war games, just because, um, if I were to individually tag every RPG book that I, that I own or have, you know, made use of in the past. Um, I dare say that number would double at a minimum. Um, cause you figure at your most basic level, even playing D and D requires three books for one game. Um, and that's not counting all the, the various supplements and additional roles and whatnot. So that, I, kind of wanted to keep those things separated a bit. Um, so I don't have any RPGs or mini games in there. Um, if any of you are thinking that I haven't also cataloged those and I'm keeping track of those, um, I'm sorry you are mistaken. Uh, I just keep track all, keep track of all of those, um, in Goodreads, um, because they're all books and Goodreads is for books. Uh, and in Goodreads, you can add tags so you can sort of segregate things out. Um, you know, they, I, I do have track of all those. And given that I'm in a red light, um, I'm going to see if I can't maybe get into Goodreads and get a rough idea as to what that looks like. Um, choo, 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 choo. The RPG category in Goodreads has 38 books. Oh, I've got categories for them broken down by, uh, edition of D&D. So yeah. 13 first edition, 31 second edition, 53, uh, Wizards of the Coast edition. Um, I've got a subcategory for Shadowrun, for Star Wars from West End Games, Star Wars from Wizards of the Coast. Um, point being there are a lot of them there. Um, Anywho, not the point. You didn't ask about any of that crap. You asked about, uh, asked about board games. So, um, yeah. Uh, there are a lot of games I really enjoy. Uh, um, you'd specifically asked about games from childhood. So we, well, we can start there. Um, I would say the first game that I remember playing isn't necessarily the first game I played, but the first one that, that left much of an impression on me, um, is Hi-Ho Cherry-O, um, which is a fun little game that, uh, you have, you know, a, a board with little buckets in it, um, and I believe there was a spinner, um, and little tiny plastic cherries, and I believe that the conceit of the game was that you, you know, spin the spinner and you get that many cherries to put in your bucket um and the goal was to get you know more cherries than everyone else um I believe there was some element on the spinner I think they might have been crows or blackbirds or or something like that that would take cherries away from you like I said it's it's literally been decades since I've seen or touched this game uh but it was just fun. I, I just enjoyed it as a young person. Um, there was a nice, you know, physical component element of it that was fun to fun to play around with. Um, I think that was probably also the first board game I ever, you know, tried to play solo. Um, where I, you know, represented myself as two different players and would spin for each of us and, you know, just sort of compete against myself. Um, which, again saying that out loud sounds kind of sad. Um, and you know, it sort of is, but you know what? I was, I was super young and lived out in the sticks. And if I, there weren't any of the, you know, the local kids to play with, I, I kept myself occupied. Um, it really wasn't, you know, a sad situation. Um, whatever it's, it's all good. Um, I remember playing Cootie as a kid. Um, that's the one where you have uh, little plastic insects, um, broken up into multiple components. There's a, there's a head, there's a body. They're like six legs, uh, a couple of eyes, a little tongue thing, a couple of ears. I can't remember all the pieces, but, um, you start with them all disassembled and you roll a die to see what piece you get. And you, the, the goal is to, you know, assemble a complete cootie bug. Um, that was good times. Um, again, I would play that one solo, but not so much to play the game, but just build the little bugs and, you know, have them, uh, you know, go on little adventures and or combat each other to the death or or what have you. Um, that was good stuff. Um, we played a fair amount of games as, as a family growing up. I think that's now most likely where I, I, you know, sort of got it from. Um, I remember playing, sorry, Parcheesi, um, as life progressed, um, pun non-intended, we played life, um, after we got a little older, and, and a little more, able to do a little more hardcore, you know, cognitive, type situations, um, Clue, I remember that, that, that being a thing, um, else, um, I remember there being a game called Hooskerdo, uh, that was sort of like a memory game, Um, it was, uh, the, the board had, uh, a bunch of little circular openings, and there was a disc underneath that you could shift, um, and through the holes there were, you know, images that, you know, pairs of images that you could match up, like, like playing memory, uh, but instead of it being, you know, on cards, laid out in an array that you would, you know, flip over two at a time. Um, there were checkers that covered the little holes. Um, and, you know, and by spinning the disc, it changed with where they were, so, you know, every game was different. You couldn't just memorize where everything was. Um, that was fun uh, for me as a youngster. That is one that I definitely on a, you know, a lazy day with nothing going on, I would just break out and play by myself because memory is one of those things you can do that. Um, you know, I'm just trying to remember where the little, the little things were. Um, so that was good stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else particularly esoteric game-wise from, from the youth. Um, Hey, I'm not, I don't know. Coming up blank. Um, those were all good. I, I definitely in, in enjoyed all those. Chutes and ladders. I guess that's 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 a that's an old classic. Uh, you know, real simple. Not a whole lot of skill going on with that one, um, but still potentially fun. Um, I learned chess at a fairly young age. Uh, and it uses a board and it's a game and that's, that, you know, just cause it's not made by, you know, Milton Bradley doesn't mean it's not, you know, a board game. Um, so chess counts. Uh, I learned chess from reading books cause I was that kind of dork even at that young age. Uh, got some chess books from the library and learned how to play. Um, hooray. Uh, <laughs> I'm obviously not, you know, any sort of chess master, I, I can't remember the last time I played chess, but I can, um, I know the mechanics of the game, um, so I've got that going for me, um, to bring it to more, you know, current events, more modern times, um, around the house, um, we, we play games a fair bit, um, of all sorts, really. Um, not looking to de- to delve into, uh, trying to stay on topic here with board games. Uh, cause you know, Abby and I play a lot of cribbage, but that doesn't count. Uh, we play a lot of backgammon. Um, it's a classic, it's a timeless classic. Um, it's good times and we enjoy it. Um, it's, you know, a strictly two person game. So if it's just Abby and I that want to play, um, oftentimes that will, that'll come out. Um, Abby and I will play Risk. Um, I, I somehow at one point convinced her that, that Risk was a thing we should try. Uh, didn't think she'd be as into it. Um, as she tends to not be too super into, uh, you know, like strategy games and let's face it, uh, Risk is essentially a war game, um, presented in, you know, board game format. Um, but she, she likes it. Um, she's good at it. Um, I think more often than not, she beats me at it. Um, which is solid. Um, and we have good times there. Um, when it's board game time with the whole family, um, Sorry comes out pretty often. Um, just cause it's a, it's a quick, easy game there. You know, it's not too super complex. You can, you can do some strategy. There's some there's some element of, you know, um, let's folks flex their, you know, vindictive, uh, (laughs) aspects in a fun family friendly, friendly way. Um, so we'll do that. Um, generally speaking, we play the traditional sense of playing, sorry. Uh, and I'm just going to go off the assumption that everyone listening here is familiar with the board game. Sorry. Um, if you are not, Um, go to any given store, Target, Walmart, whatever, and pick up a copy of Sorry for you and your family. Um, it's easy to learn, it's fun to play, and just enjoyable. It's a good investment. Uh, but the traditional way that you play is, is, you know, there's a, a deck of cards in the middle that you flip over that tells you, you know, how you can move your pawns about. Um... And that way works well and works fine. Um, there was a computerized version at one point that I would, had played at my, my sister's house. I believe it was on the Wii, but I could be wrong. Um, where it offered a variant where instead of just flipping over the top card to do your thing, everybody got dealt cards. So you sort of had options as to what you could do. Um which I find to be a very enjoyable alternative way of playing, um, lets you sort of plot out your 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 situation a little more, gives you a little more strategic, a little more a little more decision making element to it than it being just the random draw of the cards that are, you know, on the top of the deck there. Um, it kind of eliminates that, well, I don't have anyone out or my people are in such positions that I'm flipping over a card that I can't make use of. Uh, it sort of gets rid of that situation a little bit, which is kind of nice. Um, the other day we sat down and played Parcheesi, um which is which is also a, a solid uh, you know family choice. Um, at one point uh, they they as in the, the game manufacturers, uh, put out these sort of bookcase edition um, versions of some classic games. Um sorry, Clue, um Monopoly Scrabble, etc. that are in these like wooden wooden boxes that like you can put on your shelf and they kind of look like books. Um that I've I've taken up collecting um as many of, of those as we've got or as that I've been able to find it, you know, secondhand stores, thrift stores, half-price books, etc. Um so we've got Parcheesi for that, um, Clue, Clue's a good one, uh, for the family, um, Abby does stupid good at that, because she's, you know, all smart and true crimey, uh, in her brain, so she does really well at that, uh, <laughs> um, Risk, we, 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 that's the version of Risk that we've got, um, Scrabble is pretty, is good stuff, um, we haven't played Scrabble in a while, uh, Abby and I are both um very wordy people, both very literate and well-read, um big fans of spelling and grammar, etc. So, uh Scrabble is is definitely a a game that tends to be pretty high scoring between the two of us. Um we're fairly well matched. Um so it's not like, you know, Abby's super smart and she creams me every time we play. We we do pretty well. She generally does better at word games than I do. And I generally do better at, uh, like some of the more abstract strategy games. Um, but that's not necessarily the rule and we have fun playing regardless. It just kind of depends on, you know, what kind of mood we're in. Um, what else do we, what else do we have? Do we, that we enjoy? Um, if we're going to start flipping into, I mean, most of what I've said here are kind of your traditional, uh, board games that, you know, I imagine most folk are fairly familiar with. Um, I mean, yes, we do have Monopoly and yes, we have played Monopoly, but Monopoly is a whole thing. Um, anyone who's played Monopoly knows that that that's a commitment. Um, and probably that's a commitment to, getting yourself upset with the rest of your family, um, just due to the nature of that game. Um, I will say this in as, as hopeful words of advice to everybody as regards the, the board game Monopoly. Um, there is a common sort of house rule when playing Monopoly that, you know, when you have to pay various things, um, Know, the, from chance cards or community chest or whatever, um, instead of putting that money into the bank, it kind of gets put under free parking. And when you land on free parking, you get all of that money. Um, don't do that. Um, and not just cause that's not actually in the rules. Um, it throws off the economy of the game to have that random, uh, cash infusion when somebody lands on free parking. Um, and the whole game is essentially economics. Um, it, it really throws up the swerve, makes the game go longer and, and throws weird power swings in where they shouldn't be. Um, don't do that. Uh, free parking is exactly that. It's a space you can land on and not have to pay anybody. Um, don't, don't do that weird tuck money under the corner random lottery prize situation. Um, it, it, I've played both ways. I grew up playing the whole, you tell, tuck the money under free parking thing. And those games go forever and tend to be heinous. I mean, let's face it, if you don't do that, the games tend to last a good long time and can be heinous depending on who you're playing with. Um, but more so with, uh, you know, the cash grab on free parking. Um, and I'll get off that soapbox now. Um, but, uh, I am a fan of a lot of, um, newer games, um, what, uh, some folks refer to as, as Euro games, um, because a lot of them were, you know, developed and come to us from, uh, our friends in Europe. Um, and I think this probably falls into the category that you asked about, or, you know, games that you might not have heard of or been aware of, um, and again, the ones I'm probably going to rattle off, um, for those folks who are into, ga- into games, um, these are some of the more common popular ones, but if you're, you might not have heard of these, um, other, others might have, um, top of the list, personal fave amongst that sort of category of games is, um, Settlers of Catan. I think they may have renamed it to just Catan nowadays. Um, it is a game, um, where the, the premise is, is that you are a settler on the island of Catan, uh, trying to, trying to build a little civilization. Um, the board consists of a, a bunch of hexagons, each of which represent a specific, uh, sort of type of land on the island. Um... And you shuffle those out and lay those out at the beginning of every game. So every game is different. The board game changes every time you, you know, you play a game and put it together, which is kind of nice. Um, and so you, you sort of build the island by putting putting these, you know, all these little hexagons with the different land types in a, you know, roughly hexagonal um, formation to, to make the island. Um, and then you have um, settlements and cities and roads that you can build um, to, you know, at the intersection of these hexagons uh, is where you build your, your settlements and your cities, and then you can build roads between those. Um, and basically what you do is at the start of every turn, you roll a die, uh, or roll, roll two dice, um, and the, the hexagons are numbered and whatever number you roll, it produces a particular kind of resource. Um, so if it's, you know, um, a forest, it will produce, you know, and you have a settlement alongside that forest, you will get a, a resource card, a little card that's got wood on it. If you're, you know, near, um, another one, you'll get, you know, bricks. Uh, there's, Wood, bricks, sheep, wheat, and um, ore. Uh, if you you know for the mountains or, or what have you. But anyway, you you collect these cards and you trade them in for other resources to to build more settlements or turn your settlements into cities or to build roads, um, or to get these other you know resource cards that you know are worth victory points or can you know let you do nifty things like you know take everybody's you know ore uh, or, or, you know, or, or, you know, grab, you know, um, two or three extra, you know, resources of your choice or what have you. Uh, the goal is to get like 10 victory points, you know, a, a settlement's worth one, a city's worth two. Um, you know, if you've got the longest road, that's worth a couple. Um, if you've got the biggest army, that's worth a couple. Um, and it's nice in that it is a, it's a competitive game and that, you know, you're playing for yourself and to, to win, but it also has a certain cooperative element, uh, because in addition to just rolling the dice and getting the, the, you know, the, the resources and trading them, you know, to the bank as it were to build things, you can also trade them amongst yourselves, um, for mutual benefit, uh, you know, oh, I really need to get, you know, uh, a wheat so that I can, you know, build a city and I see that you need, you know, some wood to build your road, trade you. Okay. Cool. Everybody wins. You know, um, it's a good, it's a good element. It's a good thing. You know, um, it's fun. And like I said, it's, it's a little cooperative, a little, little competitive. Um, it's good times. Um, they've come out with a whole mess of expansions, uh, which honestly I have not really played. Um, it's hard for me to get any good Catan time in, um, cause I'm a huge fan and Abby enjoys it. The girls are iffy at best and for Catan, you need at least three players to, to, to play the game. Um, so I don't get as much catan in as I would like. Um, uh, but it is super fun. Um, and I recommend that if you get the chance, you, you give it a shot. Uh, what's another one? Um, in these sort of non-traditional Euro type games, um, Ticket to Ride is a, is a, is a classic. Um, there you're building railroads. Um, again, they've got a whole bunch of different, uh, versions and expansions out for it. Um, I recommend you start with America. Um, we actually have like the, the, the Nordic version, where you're building, um, trains all around, you know, Norway, Sweden, and Finland, um, which is fun, but all the cities have weird names that I can't immediately place on a map without seeking them out. Whereas if you're playing on the, you know, map of the United States and you're like, oh, I need to, you know, build a railroad from, you know, Washington DC to Denver, you probably know roughly where those are without having to search the entire map. Um, the Nordic edition, uh, I am not to that level yet and it, it's a little, little trickier. Um, but, um, uh, the game itself is, 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 good stuff. Basically, you know, it's, it's a map of, you know, in the, in the case of this example, the, the United States, um, with various cities highlighted and little, um, spaces between all of those roads that are, you know, um color coded and of various numbers that represent train lines. And you, um, you collect cars, you know, train car cards, it's trickier to say than I would have thought, um, that, you know, are of various colors and you need to collect sets to match up with the routes from one city to the next, um, to place your trains on the board and, and complete your, your, your lines that way. Um, and you've also got cards that represent, you know, various tickets, uh, various routes that you need to complete, um, that are worth points. You know, generally speaking, the longer the route, the more points it's worth. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a train placement game where you try and complete, you know, all of these various circuits and whoever has the most points at the end wins. Again, it's it's nifty in that there are only so many places for people to put their trains between cities, so if somebody kind of cuts you off, you then have to navigate an alternate route to get from city A to city B, which can be be interesting. It can also be frustrating if you're playing with someone who's doing it, you know, to be spiteful, uh, which has been known to happen. Um, but generally good stuff. Um, fun Fun game. Like I said, they've got a bunch of expansions out for that um, that add little twists to things or, or, you know, you play in a different, uh, you know, setting. Instead, they've got, you know, the United States, they've got a, they've got a, a European version. We've got the Nordic version. There's one for Asia. Like there, there are a gazillion versions out there that are, that are all pretty good stuff. Um, I, let's see what else do we have that, that would be good. Um, there's a game we got called Machi Koro. Um, eh, it's a card game. I'm not, That's not really a board game. I'm not going to get into that one. It's good stuff. It's weird. It's in, in the non-traditional sense. You build a city. But I'm not going to get too into that because it's not a board game. Um, do we consider tile-laying games to be board games? Because if we do, I can talk about Carcassonne if we don't, then I shouldn't. I'm going to say yes, and that laying the tiles builds the board as you play, and that you, because you put meeples on the the thing, those represent the, the traditional pieces. I'm going to call it a board game. So Carcassonne is a tile laying game. You've got a bunch of little rectangle, or, or square tiles, um, you know, cardboard chips, if you will. Um, that as you lay them out will you know slowly build the countryside. Um, you know, some of them have little cities on them, some of them have uh abbeys, some of them have plains. Um and you also have uh what they call meeples, they're little wooden dudes. Um and you lay out the tiles um as strategically as, as you can. Uh, to try and build, you know, big cities or, you know, open areas of land. Um, and you claim points based on what, what it is you've built by putting people's places. Um, I am doing it a horrible injustice in my description, but I've only played it a couple of times. Um, I very much enjoyed it, but I can't get into deep strategy with you whilst driving to work because again, I haven't played it in a while. Um but it's good stuff. I recommend you try it. Um, it's another one that, you know, they, they've since come out with some expansions for. Um, one thing I've noticed with Euro games is that, you know, the, the base games come out and they're pretty darn solid and they tend to then, you know, say, Hey, how can we make this better? How can we add more options? And they tend to expand them, uh, more so than, you know, need to, let's make a completely new game from scratch sort of a thing. Um, which is nice to me. Um, you know, you learn one set of rules and then you can do some variations on it rather than having to learn, you know, a whole new game for whatever that might, might be worth to you. Um, yeah, I'd say those are probably my big three in Euro game wise. It'd be Catan, Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne. Those those are all pretty solid choices. Um, if you're looking to, to try out some new stuff. Um, I guess one of the, I guess the, the last piece here, we're getting, we're getting kind of close-ish to work. Um, but I guess the last piece is, cause I've covered sort of the traditional board games. We kind of got a little bit into the Euro games. Um, you know, some of the stuff that I, I enjoy is just oddball weirdness, um, or just games that are not super popular or common, um, games that, you know, um, are of a particular time, uh, or, or in a, a very specific sort of genre, you know, to where they're not, not super common. Um, so I like a lot of the just really weird oddball vintage games that came out in like the sixties and seventies and eighties. Um, we just played one over at my sister's, um, here recently, I believe it's called. This game is bonkers, um, and it is a you you go around the board on a track, and each space has a place for a little card. And as you move forward, you put rules for each space in place as you play it. Uh, so you know you'll you'll go, you'll go to a space, and if it's if it's open. Um, you can put, you know, a little move forward three thing on it. And from that point forward, whenever you land on that space, you then move forward three. Um, or back two or whatever. And, you know, you you end up zipping back and forth along the path, uh, according to these rules that you and your, your fellow players have constructed. It's almost like, um, simultaneously playing a board game and programming, a computer, um, with the way that you, you put the rules in place for where you land and the way it bounces you back and forth and you can chain things together. Uh, it was super fun. Um, but like I, I I saw it on her shelf and I'm like, what is this? This is a game I've never heard of. We must play this. Um, and it was super fun. And if I ever see it in the store, I'm totally picking that up. Um, What's another one? Uh, when we were playing that, we were kind of reminiscing about board games, um, that may have been the conditions under which this and request came in, full disclosure. Um, about a game that we've got, we had growing up, and that I still have in my possession called Pushover. I, I, I again, um, I am not going to be able to do this justice of the glory and majesty of this game. Um, Basically, you've got a... It's, it's a blue plastic board that has a track in it. Um, and various little spots in the track. Um, you have these little white figures of, like, elderly dudes. Um, that have, like, a peg coming out of the bottom that, like, slide along the track. Like, it... The, the you know, the trail of the board game is a literal groove that you push your pieces around in. Um, and then each of those, those white pawns has a, has a, uh, there's a blue, I think it's a blue and orange, a green and a red, uh, little dude that is sitting on the dude's shoulders. Uh, like I don't, I I don't understand. Like it's, it's, it's super weird and out there. Um, but like it's dude sitting on the other guy's shoulders and that is your piece. Um, and you have three dice that are, you know, that have six sides like normal dice do, uh, but they're numbered one through three and you can roll one die and then slide your guy forward that many spaces. Um, or you can roll two dice and slide your guy, you know, that total times two spaces. Um, or you can roll three dice and whatever that totals to, uh multiply that by 3 and that's how many spaces you move forward. Uh but the thing is is you can't roll over 4. Um so it's sort of a gamble. Like if you want to play it easy, if you just roll a one die and it only goes up 1 through 3, you're safe. You'll get to move 1 through 3 spaces. If you're rolling two dice, you know, you could potentially move 8 spaces if you roll that four without going over. Um which is an interesting mechanic, a little, little bit of a, you know, risk and reward gambling type situation there. Uh, because if you do roll over four, you take your little, you know, orange or blue or whatever dude off of the shoulders of the, the base pawn, the old white dude, and you get set to the side and you don't get to play again until somebody pushes your, your old white dude off of the, the board. Um, cause the track goes around and, you know, in basically a loop. Um, and there's a certain pot a spot on the board called the pot that whenever you pass that, you get a little, you know, a little gold ring. Um, and the game is to get 10 gold rings. Um, But there are also one, two, I think three different spots on the thing where if you, when you move forward, if there are people in front of you, you just push them forward ahead of you. Like they are along for the ride. And there are certain points on the track that have openings that if you're pushing people forward, they get ejected off of the board and you keep rolling along. So if you roll over a four, your little dude gets hit to the side until your base pawn gets booted off of the board. And then you start back at the beginning. Um, it's just, it's just, it's stupid and it's weird and it's fun. Um, and like almost no one that I've ever, you know, encountered is aware of this game. Um, but we were talking about it and they're like, Oh Todd, you super have to bring that next time. And I'll, I will, I will attempt to do so. Um, but stuff like that, just weird, what is this? How did this, how, I don't know how this became a game, but it, it looks awesome and I want to have it and play it. Um, you know, generally because either the boxes are super vintage and corny looking or, or just weird. Um, we'll get those, you know, like I said, half price books is a good place for that or like thrift stores or what have you. Um, or because there's just some just strange uh you know mechanic involved um you know we've got a game that whose name i sadly can't recall off the top of my head that the whole board is is on like a giant seesaw like it's a balancing game um and you've got you know various rows of pawns of various sizes that as you move up and down the board the board uh you know tilts one way or the other um so it's not just you know strategy and and whatever, but also placement and weight distribution, uh, which, which seems, you know, pretty interesting and fun to me. I don't don't know. Um, you know, whenever we're, like I said, at a secondhand place, thrift store, what have you, I I always keep my eyes open for, for some new finds in that regard. Um, you know, being a guy who does the, the wargaming and role-playing games, I spend a lot of time in, game stores where, so I can see a lot of the newer stuff as it comes out. Uh, you know, and then we are fortunate in that the Origins Game Fair, the annual convention of board games, um, takes place here in Columbus. Um, and we're also fortunate in that they have family day where you can go into the exhibition center, uh, for a pretty low price for the whole family. Uh, which coincidentally always falls on father's day. Um, so you get to go there and see all of the, you know, absolute latest and greatest stuff that's, that's coming up. Um, which is good times. And there's a lot of times we'll find some new things that way. Um, there's a reason I have 245 games in my collection. Um, and it's cause I've got a bit of a problem sometimes. Um, when it comes to acquiring games, um, you know, cause of those two I'd say we've played a fair bit of them, but there's a, uh, let's face it, embarrassing, uh, percentage of the, those 245 that are games that we've got and, uh, either have not played or have played once. Um, it is what it is. Um, but it's good stuff. Hopefully that was, uh, entertaining for you, answered your questions and, and or, um, we we'll maybe let you know about some games that you can, you can try out in the future, or look into. Um, I, uh, thank you all for joining me and hope you all have a fantastic day. And, uh, until next time, uh, have a good one. And that's it.